What's going on, everybody? And welcome to this week's episode of the Panthers Pour, a Carolina Panthers podcast. I'm your host, Nate, coming to you from Kannapolis, North Carolina, as always, with Adam. That's right. We are here to discuss week 15 of Carolina Panthers football and the disturbing loss that we suffered to none other than the Pittsburgh Steelers at home. Adam, you attended the game. How was it? Cold, miserable, and uh, that's that's it, man. It, it's the second time this season I've been outnumbered that another team's fans has took our stadium hostage, and that was true Sunday. If you look back to our previous episode, I think we both agreed that that was more than likely going to be the case because they're one of the teams that travels really well. Yeah, I I expected it, but I also expected a win. So if your team wins and everybody in the stadium but you is a fan of the team that wins, you don't give a shit, you know. It, it probably would have been better for me. That way, because on the way out, I would have seen a Steeler fan no matter where I looked. But the opposite happened, and I seen a Steeler fan no matter where I looked. Yeah, I seen this sea of yellow on uh, the TV screen Sunday. You know, last week again when we discussed the uh, possibility of where we'll end up this season and – the season as a whole, I think uh, we both agreed that the one game that we were sweating pretty bad was Detroit, um, and now I'm even more so sweating Detroit uh, due to our piss-poor performance on Sunday. I think it's safe to say we were in the trenches absolutely struggling on both sides of the fucking ball. Um, defense was not the Carolina defense I've seen before. Don't know where everybody was at. Uh, I think out of everybody – There's two individuals that stand out in my mind that I'm a bit disappointed in, and that would be Jeremy Chen and J.C. Horn. I think they both looked like they were uh, playing on a fucking hangover. No. Chen, I'm with you. Chen is a better at the – he seems to be better at linebacker. If you look at the stat sheet at the end of the day – He's he's usually up in the top in tackles. He can do that aspect as a as covering chin chin lacks. He does. Uh, but J C Horn, no, I, I would disagree. I, I thought J C Horn didn't even matter in that game because Keith Taylor Jr. had the worst game of any Panther I think I've ever seen. I don't know that I've seen a defensive player get beat as bad as Taylor got beat in that game. It was uh This is this is this is my hot take. I lay a lot of the defeat of this game on Steve Wilkes. His inability to make adjustments to that Mike Tomlin exploited it. Mike Tomlin outcoached Steve Wilkes from start to finish in this game. He found the weakness. He exploited it. I don't know if many people know it, but in the third quarter, was we didn't have the ball. 
they had a 21-play drive that took over 12 minutes or something like that. It, it, it was a ridiculous amount of time. The, the Panthers did not even have the ball in the third quarter. Yeah, that, that, uh, that drive that you're talking about in the third quarter, it was, it was 12 minutes and like 48 seconds yeah, or something it, ridiculous, a better, better portion of the quarter. Yeah, it, it was, I was sitting there and saying, like, oh, my God, we haven't even had the ball. You know, this is bad. The defense couldn't get off the field because Taylor was covering one guy. That guy was beating him. So they moved Taylor to another guy. Then that guy beat him over and over and was talking talking junk. I mean, it, it, he was toning him. One of them even got a toning penalty. And then he toned him again. And I don't understand why you didn't bring help. You, you, he's got to have help. He can't cover one-on-one. There's some plays you're rushing – you're rushing nine people and expecting this guy to play one-on-one with somebody, and he can't do it. Overall, like I said, I think it's evident. Everywhere you've, everywhere I've read, Twittered, every, you know, radio, I've listened to the radio, I've watched the TV, uh, you know, everything that I usually go to to follow up on any, any type of sports event. And, you know, it's evident that we struggled on both sides of the ball. It's it was a twenty four to sixteen loss. Sam Darnold with two hundred and twenty five passing yards. Chuba Hubbard with ten rushing yards, and DJ Moore with seventy three receiving yards. On the, to piggyback off of that, Sam Darnold made an elite throw. That that was an elite level throw to DJ Moore in the end zone for the touchdown. That throw right there is that. That throw right there separates him from P.J. Walker right off the bat. I don't think P.J. Walker can make that throw. Um, that is what got that that kind of throw is what got Sam Darnold drafted. There was absolutely nothing on defense to be proud of yeah, at all. At all, in any sense of the mean. Uh, we ended up with one sack, I believe. Uh, against a team that had been getting ran over, sacked all the time, and we we I think we ended up with one. Other than that, there's special teams didn't matter. I mean, we was kicking field goals when we should have been scoring touchdowns. That's the only way it mattered. Shout out to Eddie doing his job. But the fact that we was still in the game. All the way, pretty much to the end of the game, somehow. Yeah, I had watched the uh, I had watched the Minnesota game the day prior, and I seen their miraculous feat. Yeah, that was amazing. And you know, I was like, I'm watching this shit until the last minute. I'm like, anything could happen. It's, anything could happen. It's weird how things connect, and how you can connect random random stuff. The Colts, the Vikings beating the Colts was the largest comeback in the NFL history, right? It surpassed the Houston Oilers comeback. I mean, the Buffalo Bills coming back on the Houston Oilers, which was a 32-point comeback in the playoffs. The quarterback for the Bills that day was Frank Wright. Frank Wright was the Colts coach all the way up until a couple weeks ago when he got fired. 
it's like it's weird how there's funny connections to shit. Not to get off the topic of the Panthers, but I also watched the Buffalo game Saturday. Did you see any of that? No, no, I did not. Dude, they were threatening to penalize the team fifteen Buffalo fifteen yards because snowballs fans. Yes, dude, their fans would not quit throwing fucking snowballs at the Dolphins. I thought that shit was hilarious. That that would be a weird situation. I don't know that I've ever seen a penalty on the fans. I don't think I've ever seen it. Yeah, leave it up to Buffalo. Uh, I can show you footage of Cleveland, uh, a Cleveland and Cincinnati game where uh, the Cincinnati fans are just littering the field with things. And Coach Sam Weiss gets on the microphone to, to the stadium and asks everybody to stop. And I think they stopped. But uh, th- there's been instances where uh, snowballs, people were, were putting batteries in snowballs and throwing them. And I think that happened at a Philadelphia game. Yeah, that would be some Philadelphia activities. But now I will say, like, back to the game, I think I agree with what you're saying. I, I, I think just by looking at the stats, I don't think Sam did a horrible job. I, I think I blame a majority of this loss like you said, on the inability for Steve Wilkes to kind of adapt when the card was pulled and all holes were barred, you know, it seemed it seemed like, uh, you know, as far as his performance as a head coach since he was put in that role, even the times that we've lost under Steve Wilkes, it, it never seemed like uh, even even when we got absolutely fucking hammered by Cincinnati, it still didn't seem like, uh, you know, anybody was laying down. But this seemed like it was a like a whole like it was a like it was church camp. Like everybody was laying down. I mean, we just got manhandled. We got beat the way we win, and that's the way it was. And it was a shock to everybody because we just went on the road and beat a better team than Pittsburgh. I mean, I believe Seattle is a better team than Pittsburgh, but by a long shot, I think I, I think that uh, we both said last week that this was a game that we weren't too worried about. And in true Carolina Panthers fashion, man, you get your hopes up, and then you see what happens. But you know, any given Sunday, I guess the good news is the 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 chances are still alive. The bad news is the. Next game, week 16, against the Detroit Lions at home on Christmas Eve. I mean, all I can say about this season right now is if you think you know how it's going to end, then you haven't been paying attention. That's that's pretty much all I can say about this season. It's like, I don't know how it's going to end. I don't think anybody can predict whether we go to the playoffs right now. I don't think anybody can predict what uh, draft pick we're going to get. That's how weird this football season is right now. So, you do. I think this is our the, the the trials of being a Carolina Panther fan. You know, if we win the division, this is the second time we're going to win the division and not even have a winning record. So every, I mean, so do you really give credit to those two division wins? Do we even want this now? I don't know. I don't know if I do or not. 
I think I'm sort of indifferent just because, like you said, there's no there's no telling what could or could not occur at this point because, like I was saying, the the one game that – because we were, we were discussing the rest of the season. Yeah, Bucks, Lions, Bucks, Saints. And I think out of all of those, again, we agreed that Detroit was the one that worried us the most. And now I'm even double worried because yeah. of – I mean, but all I can say is, like, in true – Panther fashion, I I, I kind of expect the Panthers to, to do good next week. I mean, that's what what they do. I mean, they when they, Seattle they play great, and then bad teams they play bad. I don't know why. It's a fucking mystery to me. I mean, all I can say is that in any sport, matchups make make games. Uh, sports math don't work. Because Team A beat Team B doesn't mean they can beat. And if A beats B and B beats C, that doesn't mean A is going to beat C. That it doesn't mean that. It's matchups make everything. The Pittsburgh Steelers found a hole in our game. They have a good coach. He exploited it. And end of story. Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season. He is the second most tenured coach in football. There, there's only one other person been coaching their, his, their team longer than Mike Tomlin. That's Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick's had losing seasons. Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. So that's what happens. Steve Wilkes got outcoached. I don't know how that looks if you're David Tepper because you did not have your team. This is twice you did not have your team ready to play. Let me ask you this. I think we both know where each other stands on McAdoo. Now, after this game, Twitter erupted. The Carolina Panthers Twitterverse erupted with fire McAdoo. And my thing is, now, and hear me out, I'm I'm all for it, but wh- why did it take that? Like, that's that's what made you think, oh, yeah, let's, yeah. let's fire McAdoo? Like, like this has there been a fucking problem already? Is this the first time it's happened? No. Okay, so, I mean, they're just rehashing the same old shit. I mean, everybody knows McAdoo's gone. But I think it's so, it's so strange, and I guess... I guess other fan bases are like this too, but man, like I, I, I dislike McAdoo just as much as the next guy as a Panthers fan, but I don't, I don't understand some people's uh, choice to like pick one person and be like, yes, this is, this is what happened. If you get it's rid of this guy else. right now, things will be better. No, McAdoo's going to ride out the season. He will not be back. I don't believe anybody wants McAdoo around. You still on that wager that if uh, he's... Yeah, if McAdoo is the... I will eat the one chip. You heard it here first. The Panthers I mean, poor. I, d- I don't believe McAdoo has a future. This, in the Carolinas. This is what... In I the was, Carolinas or at all? Um, In the Carolinas, definitely. Unless... He goes to uh, maybe Appalachian State or something like that. Maybe he can get a job as their offense coordinator. But in the 
Yeah, as far as professionally in the Carolinas, yeah, he's done. Uh, will anybody hire him in the NFL again? I'm sure it, if he can't be an offensive coordinator, I'm sure he can be a lines coach or a quarterback coach or something like that, but who knows. But I, I was having a discussion with somebody, and they were saying that the reason the Pittsburghs won was it was he was laying it at the feet of Sam Darnold. He was saying Pittsburgh stopped the run, and then they forced Sam Darnold to win the game. My rebuttal to that is this. Sam Darnold coming to this game with a shit ton of pressure on him. Not to win, not because he, 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 they're going to the playoffs or win a championship or anything like that. Sam Darnold is playing for his future as an NFL player right now. He's Period. Got, he's got that pressure on him. We could care, he could care less about the Carolina Panthers, the people of Charlotte, the coaching staff. All he knows is he is, has to show people that he can play football in this league. So you take that. Then you go into this game and you shut down the run game 100%. You shorten the game because your defense can't get off the field. Those two scenarios, I don't give a damn what quarterback it is. Those two scenarios right there together puts every quarterback in a place they do not want to be. I don't care who they are. You do not want to be in that situation. Then you throw on top of it a bad offensive coordinator with a playbook the size of a Chinese food menu. And Sam Darnold had no chance. Sam Darnold made an elite throw. Sam Darnold played good, smart football. He did not turn over the ball. Sam Darnold played good enough to win the game if we could run the ball and get off the field. We win the game. He played good enough to do that. In my opinion, I think so too. Like like I said before, I, I'm not entirely disappointed with Sam Darnold. I my my disappointment lies heavily, uh, like I said, in, in Steve Wilkes and 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 of course always been McAdoo, but mostly uh, Jeremy Chin. It just felt like he was not. Yeah, Chin doesn't like I said. Chin does not. I love Jeremy Chin. He's a good leader of the team, but as far as a coverage uh, defensive back, I'm starting to wonder if he's got it. And we, I know for sure that Keith Taylor doesn't because Keith Taylor had me missing C.J. Henderson, and you know how I feel about C.J. Henderson. I'm like, we can can we have this guy back? Can we have Henderson back, please? I, I promise, I will not say nothing else bad about Henderson. No, you more. wanted this, Adam. You wanted this. Yeah, this was all on me. It's this like, is what you wanted. It's the universe saying, "Hey, <laughs> shut up." And I am Henderson. You're cool with me, buddy. Now I know I know what you said for the past couple weeks. Does your does your opinion on how to win the game? Against the Lions differ, knowing what we know now. Do you do you do you do you uh, do you anticipate playing the Lions to be similar to us playing Pittsburgh? Meaning, do you think that there's a possibility that Steve Wilkes will get out coached again, and then he's just going to be standing there with his pockets pulled out of his pants, going, 
What do I do? What do I do? Can I? Here, here's a stat that's going to throw you off that I heard. That's going to amaze you. The Panthers did not get up a play over like 13 or 14 yards that whole game. Not one play. I mean, maybe one or two. Maybe it was short, little short passes. Taking up every down, one, two, three. So they was doing it like that. They were they were killing us just inches at a time. The Lions, I think the Lions rely on big plays. And I think that's where our defense does good. I think we can stop big plays. They have a good running back. They're gonna try to run the football. It's going to be on our defensive line. This game, this whole game is going to be on our defensive line. That's where we win or lose this game. Well, let's, here's the hoping that they show up for this one. But It's, uh, it's going to be cold. It's going to be 32 degrees. It's going, yeah, that, that's, that's the high for the day. And Detroit's used to that. Detroit plays in a dome. I still think they're probably used to it because of practices. I don't think, I think they that's always a practice myth. in the dome. That's a myth. All those players don't come from Detroit. They come from Fair enough, but don't you think they would don't you think they probably practice though outside of and, the dome? And we have multiple players on our team like Shaq Thompson and, and Keith Taylor Jr. They, they come from Washington. So you could say they're 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 used to the cold weather. I mean, I think those guys are I mean I think that's a myth. The elements is one thing. Like when you're dealing with snow and rain and shit like that, I think that's one thing. But when you're dealing with like just cold, like ice cold, bitter cold. I think it's situational. I, th- I think it's situational too, and I think that uh, most of the time, when you're that amped up and you're running full speed all the time, you're getting smoked by dudes. You're smoking dudes, like just hitting hard, running. You know, I, I don't think it. I, I think maybe negative nine. Like, that's probably going to affect it, but, like, thirty in the 30s, I mean, obviously it's going to be cold, but those guys are active enough to where it probably wouldn't bother them, I don't think. Yeah, you're going to be a cold motherfucker come Saturday, bro. You got some hot hands? Yeah, they gave them, they gave them away. Oh, they do? Nice. They gave me two pairs. You got, it's Saturday, right? It's Christmas yeah. Eve? Yeah. You said uh, Saturday's PSL Owner Appreciation Day? PSL, yep. Gonna give me a hat and a koozie and a free beer, and I guess they're gonna recognize us during the game. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of a big deal these days. Nice. Yeah. How does it feel to make it? <laughs> I, it, it it's 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 not as good as I thought it would be. Anybody you want to thank? Um, Luke Keekley. Why not? Yeah. Why Luke? not? If I ever accepted, if I ever accepted an award anywhere, I would thank him too, yeah. even though he had no involvement. <laughs> Why not? I mean, is there anything wrong with thanking Luke? No, I, I think, I think that's proper. I think that's protocol on any good success. What are uh, what are your week sixteen predictions, Adam? Pain, <laughs> a whole lot of pain. Um. I'm going to say because the Carolina Panthers want to drag you through more misery in three weeks, I think we're going to win this game just because we're not supposed to. 
I agree with that. I'm going to double down on what you're saying just because it seems like uh, whatever we believe never happens. So what I believe in my heart is that, is that we probably – track record shows we'll probably struggle. But uh, I'm going to call it right now. I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say a big win against Detroit at home, and I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to flip. Matter of fact, what I'm going to do is I'm going to flip our beat down by Cincinnati, and I'm going to say 42-21, Carolina Panthers. Mm. I think it's going to be a fucking slaughterhouse, and I think that it's going to get all the fans super hype, and uh, we might see some magic happen. Maybe St. Nick. It's Christmas Eve, bro. It's it's a Christmas miracle. It could be, man. But the science, but the Lions are looking for their own Christmas miracle. Little St. Nick, little St. Nick. And that's when you come in, you run, run, reindeer. That may, If we win, that makes that game against Tampa Bay the week after that, like, playoff atmosphere game. That, that's a playoff game, pretty much. The winner of that game is going to the playoffs. What time is the game Saturday? It's at 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock on Christmas Eve. So speaking of Christmas, uh, I'm going to read a list of players. You tell me which one you want to give. You want to give him a present or should he get coal? Okay, this is okay. I like this. I like this. All right, you ready? Yeah. DJ Moore. I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give him a gift, but nothing crazy. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, yeah, maybe he's gonna get a gas a card stocking stuffer, a gas card, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a Starbucks gift card, like twenty five bucks to uh, QT. Uh, yeah, not even cool. a full fucking tank right now. Yeah. All right, let's uh, go next. Brian Burns. I'm gonna give him a gift. What you gonna give him? Probably something nice. PS five. Nah, not that nice. Come on, the guy's had ten sacks. I don't want to go. I don't want to go P five, but I'll go. I'll go. I'll go with like a forty two inch television. Ooh, uh, Sony Vizio. We're going LG. Ooh, LG. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jeremy Chin. Cole. Cole. Ooh, because he pissed me off Sunday. J C Horn. That's a small gift. Small gift. I'm gonna give J C the big thing. Really? Yeah. I, I, think I mean, I think JC's a lockdown corner. I, I don't want to say. I don't want to say like a measly. I'm not talking about as small a gift as I would have given to DJ. You got to think JC is a is practically a rookie. He got hurt in his first couple games. This is true. So this is pretty much his full 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 season as an NFL player, and he's killing it. I mean, they're not even throwing to his side because they got can manipulate the other side. Obviously, but maybe like a. Like a uh, like a nice set of bedroom slippers and like a body wash kit. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Uh, Sam Darnold. I'm gonna give Sam a gift. Yeah, I'm giving Sam a gift. I think he's I think he's proved a lot of us wrong. I'm even gonna give him a doggy bag and a take home plate because he might not be with us next year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give him not only with the not only a gift and not only a to go plate. But I'm gonna double his dessert to go play. I think Sam deserves it. I do too. Uh, Steve Wilkes definitely got a gift. Steve got a gift. Yeah, Steve. Steve deserves something nice. Nice tie. Yeah, something. Yeah. Something very practical. He doesn't yeah. look like he likes to receive 
real expensive gifts. It looks yeah. like it might make him upset. He, he looks like he would he would enjoy a nice pair of slippers. Yeah, a good pair of wool line slippers, yeah. or maybe some all weather joints. Uh, how about uh, Deontay Foreman? Definitely a gift. Yeah, give him a gift too. Yeah. Proving himself. Coming off the bench, nobody expected anything from him. I was saying it at the beginning of the season. I said, why aren't we using this man? Why aren't we using this man? And then they started using the man. And I think I, no, I, w- I, wouldn't give him, I wouldn't give him a crazy expensive gift, but I would give him a decent, very I – might, I, might, I might get him something like an experience gift. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Like a mm-hmm. – like, like tickets to go go-karting mm-hmm. or like paintballing or something. All right. Um – Last one. McAdoo. Coal. <laughs> Coal. Coal. Charcoal. Charcoal briquettes. Charcoal. Are you even gonna buy the briquettes or are you just gonna get the shit out of the some old fire pit you had? I'm gonna go summer to summer. I'm gonna go to a local park in Charlotte mm. and scrape one of the mounted grills by one of the gazebos. Okay, and the last thing I wanna say is uh all right, who are you giving the big piece of chicken to? The biggest, the biggest piece. Who gets the big piece of chicken this Christmas? Man, you know what? Just because I had my doubts, I'm on the internet constantly. When I'm on the internet, I'm mostly looking at sports shit, typically. Mm -hmm. And I've seen all the rude things that were said about this man. I've said some rude things about this man. And I think he's coming to his own, and he's showed us what he's worth. I'm giving the big piece of chicken to Sam Darnold. Ooh, Sam Darnold. I think I'm going to give the big piece of chicken to Derek Brown. Fair. Derek is, like, massively improved this year. And not only that, he's our candidate for uh, Walter Payton Man of the Year. So, Derek's a big guy. He needs a big piece of chicken. So as we lead into week 16 against the Detroit Lions, all of you Panthers fans, please make sure and have a wonderful Christmas. Enjoy the holidays with your family and your friends. Even if you don't celebrate Christmas, whatever it is that you celebrate this time of year, enjoy it. And if you don't celebrate shit, then enjoy not celebrating a damn thing. Because that's your right as an American. Let's not forget to tune in and watch on Saturday to witness what I believe will be a Christmas miracle. What I hope to see be a Christmas miracle, I guess I should rephrase. Follow us on Facebook at The Panthers Poor. Adam's still doing his uh, really cool Carolina Panthers player Christmas countdown. And uh, we're getting some goodies for Christmas that will vastly improve the audio of this podcast. So hopefully when you hear us talking about Week 16, you will be hearing it in a much more rich audio format. Is there anything else that you would like to touch on before we close out here today, Adam? Nope, that's that's all I can think of this week. Uh, Take some uh, ibuprofen, get rid of the headache from last week, move on, I guess, and keep pounding. Shake the cold off. Let's go Panthers, man.